This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm Norman Lau, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcasts.roddenberry.com for you to choose from. Science, feminism, even daily news. Boldly go and find us when you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcasts.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you trek us out. Kia ora koutou katoa, and welcome to Half Measures Podcast. My name is Paul Kanao. My first confession is I have not watched any Fast and Furious movies this week. And I'll give you more details about my second confession later. But I just wanted to get that out there quickly because sometimes my co-host tries to get the upper hand. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, New Zealand's premier podcast host, the Apple advocate, the milkshake maestro, the king of curries. It's Dan Whiting. Kira, Dan. I, I don't know where I can go with that because I've been on an emotional roller coaster of you opened up, you disappointed me straight away, but then you you lifted mm. me back up, you built me up, you, you've hyped me, and I appreciate that. It's what I like to think of as a bit of a shit sandwich, you know? You just <laughs> tried to get the get it in there and then bring it up at the end. Yeah, just just get get the bad news out early and then move mm-hmm. on. Um, I do like to think of myself as a milkshake maestro, so oh, I'll no. take that title any day. Mm-hmm. How's things? Yeah, look... Um, they're good. They're good. I feel like I've really worked hard to redeem myself from um, last week's episode. I have been watching as much new content as possible. And I guess, you know, instead of angsting and looking at Rotten Tomatoes or um, IMDb reviews, I've just been, you know what, what would Paul Canawa do? You know, I've got that written on my hand. Mm-hmm, I just, mm-hmm. I put on, I put on Netflix I think to myself, this title card looks interesting enough. Play. That's it. Don't think about it too much. Then I get real sad, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, And But I just keep watching because I thought, Paul Canal says be better. I'm being better. What about yourself? Well, see. You doing all right? I am. I am. But my my second confession, ironically, is that I've done a little bit of a Dan Whiting this week and I'm coming in empty. Um. And I haven't even put my hand in the Amazon Prime lolly jar this week, um, so uh, I haven't watched that much. So that's okay. We'll, we'll have a Dan-heavy episode. How does that sound? It sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. So before we kick in, just uh, a quick mention of how you can get in touch with us. Once again, we really appreciate when you do. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Half Measures Pod. If you've got a movie or TV show you'd like to recommend to us or you think we could review, why don't you drop us a line at Half Measures podcast.com we do love the mailbag questions and of course we've got our discord community which you can find in the description of this episode uh but dan i'm going to hand straight over to you so that you can tell us the journey you've been on this week all right i'll do that now this isn't going to be great for anyone actually it's really just terrible for me but um my two dogs are sitting next to me and one of them has just done the most vilest fart, and it's really terrible. Um, 
this isn't great podcast content, but it's really it's making me question a lot of things in life. Anyway, I, I love it. I digress. I digress. Let's bring in a little bit of um of realness to the show. Mm. So look in look in follow up from my earlier statement. The first movie that I watched straight after straight after filming filming after recording <laughs> last week's episode. <laughs> we're big time. We're big time. Yeah. The first movie I watched on Netflix is a movie called American Assassin. So, and I went into this movie knowing nothing, just uh, looking at the title card, had a little bit of a, a Jason Bourne type vibe to me. Um, this is the this is kind of the the high level uh, pitch of the movie. Came out in twenty seventeen. Um, basically, it's a, a CIA black ops recruit under the instruction of a of a Cold War veteran, Stan Hurley, who's who's played by Michael Keaton. You know, a solid guy. Um, basically, the peers enlisted by the CIA deputy director uh, to investigate a wave of apparently random attacks on both military and civilian targets. I probably don't need to go on too much. Mm. The basic premise of this movie starts off super strong. And then goes mostly mediocre, despite relatively, I think, good acting talent in in the movie. It's got potential for sequels. I wouldn't recommend watching it that highly. And I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm gonna spoil the first ten minutes of the film because I think it's it's, kind of, it's contextually important. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is our our main character, um, Mitch Rapp, played by Dylan O'Brien. What a name, Mitch Rapp. That's with two P's at the end, in case you're unsure. He's on a, on a holiday with his girlfriend, partner. Some terrorists storm the beach, start gunning down people. Um, girlfriend dies. He's instantly he gets he gets shot in the process as well. We then basically go into a bit of a a movie montage of him training himself to be a super soldier. And the CIA, like he's he he's, he becomes really good at shooting. He becomes really good at fighting. He's constantly working out. Um, he gets on the game train. He's got the big muscles. Um, and the CIA basically then recruit him and what's kind of weird about it and maybe it's weird watching it in a, in a 2020 climate and maybe it played out differently in 2017 mm-hmm. but basically watching this character who kind of was going like he wasn't a military person he had no reason to be like he kind of was becoming this terrifying person who was looking to basically Looking, looking to find revenge, um, and it's only because the CIA, CIA kind of intervene and uh, bring him on board that he kind of becomes this Jason Bourne type character, um, which they kind of unleash. They pair him up with some other soldiers, and again, like he said, no military training um, that I'm aware of, and he's I maybe I don't know glitched out somewhere watching this movie, but he's a he's a random guy who's just self-trained and they put him with some soldiers. Michael Keaton takes him under his wing and they basically stop some some big super terrorist activities happening. Right. It sounds like it's gonna be okay. It's it's probably one gun on the guns of Kimbo scale. Um 
That old chestnut. Who could forget? That old chestnut. As far as just randomly choosing things to watch, it could have been worse. I had higher expectations. I guess you can't come into this game, though, thinking that you can just pick any old movie to watch and it's going to be good. I I don't know. Does it appeal to you at all, Paul? Michael Keaton is one of those actors who I'll always give the time of day to watch anything in. However, having heard what you've just said and then looking, as I have been behind the scenes of a couple of things here, there's a couple of things that worry me about it. Uh, the, the writer, this is his first writing credit, um, a guy, Vince Flynn. So that's that's always a bit of a, you know, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere, you know, so, so I get that. But I, I generally think you don't generally start and then have it made into a movie. Maybe maybe there's other stuff that's not listed on IMDb. I shouldn't trust it as being, you know, the, the, the be all and end all. Um, what's interesting is the director as well, Michael um, Cuesta, He's he's actually directed a lot of Homeland, which you and I are obviously huge fans of. Um, a lot of TV in there, some Elementary, some True Blood, um, a lot of production work, but not much in the way of movies. So what I think we've got here is someone who's never really written a movie before, directed a movie before, and so yeah, maybe there was a bit of um, you know, an experience and what have you. Yeah, and so I think I think for me. It kind of felt like, I don't know if you've ever made a cake, Paul, but just because you put all of those ingredients into into a bowl and mix them together doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make a great cake because I feel like all the key pieces are there. They've kind of got the the foundations of what could be a good action movie. They've got a, you know, a, a good enough plot to kind of drive this forward. They've got a, a main character. They've got some uh, bigger, bigger stars in there to, I think, sort of carry it through. But yeah, it just it, it didn't do it for me. It's a it's a Friday night popcorn movie with low expectations. You might get something out of it, but mm. look, yeah, I don't know. Look, I feel like I'm I'm starting I'm starting too dark. I've already got regrets about some of the things I said about the old guard. I'm gonna have to lift it up with my next choice. Okay, um, I I am always interested in this Dylan O'Brien. He's impressed me in a couple of things I've seen him in Maze Runner. Um, Deepwater Horizon, which we um, talked about a few podcasts ago. Um, so, you know, I'm always keen to see actors like him coming up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, we'll see. We might give it a go, but I'm not. You, you haven't sold it to me completely. So, what's what's next on on your list this week? Okay, so look, I just uh, Dylan O'Brien was fine. I just thought it wasn't a good cake. Anyway, okay, no. the next movie on my list again. This is going slightly random, but a movie that kind of interested me uh, for for a while, but not a movie I was wanting to pay for. So I was waiting for it to come out on a, stream, a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, a genre which a little bit different for me, The Adams Family. So this is the, the 2019 uh, animated um, k- kids movie, I guess. And it's I'm a really big – I grew up watching the Adams Family. I loved the black and white Adams Family. There's so much great humor in this movie that just really spoke to me at kind of a, a dank meme level. So, for example, uh, Morticia Adams is basically putting her makeup on. She's dipping her makeup brush in her her mum's ashes. She's <laughs> <coughs> She's using her dad's ashes to put, like, eye makeup on. Wednesday Adams has got um, 
noose plaits in her hair. But there's all these sort of like really super dark, subtle jokes, which are definitely not aimed at the, mm. the audience that this has um, been pitched at. But it's it's got a lot of laughs. I imagine if you're if you're a parent in there uh, watching this movie, a lot of things that you'd be laughing at. And I guess the the thing that really surprised me about this movie is it's got a whole bunch of A-list stars in it. So um, Oscar Isaac plays Gomez Adams. Obviously, uh, he's probably a big fan of the show. We're, we're a fan of his. Poe Dameron. Uh, Poe Dameron from Star Wars. Um, it, it's got our, it's got Charlize Theron. Um, it's, it's got um, Finn Wolfhard from uh, Stranger Things. He plays Pugsley Adams. It's got mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg. It's got Nick Kroll. There's a, there's a lot of big names in this uh, movie. And... It's another, like, you know, looking, you know, we often talk about the scores. So didn't do that well on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, a, a 44%. Mm. Uh, but the audience score of 69%, the actual plot of the movie it, like, on an Adams family setting doesn't really do anything new. It's still sort of the concept of um, the Adams family uh, are living their life. The rest of society is kind of bright and colourful all around them and it's kind of the the shock of those two worlds coming together but on a, at a pure fun level I really I really enjoyed this movie I'd recommend it nice it's, I, not my, it's not my pick of the week though but I'd recommend it oh not your pick of the week okay we'll get to that I yeah this the cast the cast looks great I see Bette Midler's in there as well Martin Short Catherine O'Hara who I've really uh, enjoyed lately watching um, Schitt's Creek. There's a whole bunch of um, great voices in there, which I'd be keen to hear. The Adams Family is something I've, I've I don't have a problem with. I've always enjoyed. I think I enjoyed the was it the eighty series? Was there another series in between the black and white one and the movies? Was there another one? Maybe I'm thinking of the monsters. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, I think I'm thinking yeah, of the monsters. Maybe the monsters. I guess there's both. There's both right. So there's. The Munsters, the Adams family, and there's been multiple Adams family movies over the years. I feel like mm. it's a, it's a series, a genre. They like to sort of blow the dust off every ten or so years and do it all over again. I, th- I think it's something that the kids would enjoy, so that's great. And then I love those bits that you talked about that are obviously there for the adults, for the parents. It's little nods to them watching in the audience. If you can, you know, pick up on the subtlety of some of the adult humor in there, that's always a. Really, really good value. So nice, good work. I'm impressed. Look, always, always be watching when you're when you're part of the Half Measures podcast crew. If you're not watching, cooker. you're snoozing, you know. And if you're snoozing, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's right. I'm not going to finish that. It's a pressure yeah. cooker. This podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. So another movie for you. Again, I'm coming in hot. I'm just, yeah. I'm just watching things all the time. So. The next movie I watched is a movie I actually heard about on another podcast. How dare there be another you. podcast? Well, that's right. And it's called The Art of Self-Defense. So this is another movie um, for the New Zealand listeners. So The Adams Family was on um, Neon and The Art of Self-Defense is also on Neon. So this is a, a movie which I wasn't really too sure what I was watching going in had heard some pretty positive reviews about it. So I thought, you know what? What would Paul Canal do? He'd give it a go. So That's here it. I am. I'm back I'm back at it. A movie that while watching, I thought to myself many times, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> am, I, am I committed to this? And on the flip side of that, a movie that since watching has sat with me 
for the last five or six days and I've thought lots about so just a little bit of context so this movie is it, it's it's basically it stars Jesse Eisenberg and he is kind of a, a mild-mannered pretty passive guy and he gets uh, beaten up by a, a roving motorcycle gang uh, one night while he's walking home and so he decides to join a, a karate school to learn, learn self-defense and mm-hmm. protect himself better and it's one of those movies where it's classed as a as a comedy I've also seen it classed as a drama it's it's a very dark sort of humor um quite a few messed up things happen in it it's quite slow paced it's quite a a small cast um but I I really I don't think I enjoyed it on my first watch but in thinking about it afterwards talking about it with other people mm. it's definitely a movie which I think I enjoyed and I, I'm actually going to put it as, a, as as my pick of the week if you're into watching something different I do have to caution you though it is not a movie for everyone and it's it's basically like Jesse Eisenberg's character goes on a bit of a journey of self-discovery and finds his, let's say, inner voice and his inner courage. And for that voice and courage to come out, some pretty dark things need to happen. Okay. And without going into spoilers, this karate school isn't your typical karate school. For example, you get your belts you get different tabs on your belts and the different tabs mean different things. So if you get a black tab on your belt, that means you can go to the night class, not just the day class. If you get a red tab, it means you've killed someone. Wow. You've probably got a few red tabs, Paul. I've got a couple. It's a, I like, I like, I do like a black comedy. So, and I see it's got that R rating as well. So yeah, I see what you're saying. It's going to go into some dark places. Um, I'd be keen to give this a go, I think. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, always enjoy him. I, I loved him in the Zombieland movies. Um, I am one of his fans as Lex Luthor in the uh, the Batman This is Superman Dawn of Justice and um, Justice League movies. Uh, I actually had no problem with that at all. So I'd, I'd give him a go in that. Um, I like something off the beaten track, as, as you said. And... Something that has you asking, what am I watching? Sometimes is, is what you need, right? Just something completely offbeat. So uh, I'm, you've pretty much sold me. And if it's your pick of the week, I've got no choice now but to uh, go check this out on... Sorry, what platform did you say it was on? Uh, you can watch it on Neon, I think. Just don't go into it thinking you're watching a... I think the comedy is the biggest... Like there's a few there's a few moments where you kind of laugh, like in a Napoleon Dynamite type way. Okay. But then there's a... Don't don't buy into the comedy part of it. Yeah, you start questioning yourself about what you sh- I shouldn't yeah. be laughing at this. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So no, um, yeah, definitely a, a a strange pick and one that I wasn't expecting to watch. And it almost in the same way this movie sat with me. It's the same way that the Blair Witch movie, the, the Blair Witch Project, sat with me. Mm-hmm. And because that's a movie I didn't actually enjoy watching, but talking about it afterwards with people really kind of like terrified me even more and I actually really enjoyed talking about the movie more than I did watching it and I, I think the art of self-defense kind of fits that category for me so you something different I think you might enjoy it nice find okay Paul that's enough on the movie front but I've also been watching some tv shows so of course 
Of course, I've still been watching a bit of Outrageous Fortune. Just finished season five. I've got one more season to go. Nice. Um, that's still really enjoying it. Still, uh, it's. I think it's aged really well. If you want to get that insight into early two thousands New Zealand, that's the TV show. But I've also made a start on Dark season one. Aha. Uh-huh. So I'm when I say a start, I've I've literally just watched the first episode. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not I'm not deep into it, but I've got a little bit of time this week, so I'm going to try and and power through a bit more. I tried to watch it at first. I thought to myself, thinking about what Paul said with the the subtitles, um, and trying to sort of follow what's going on. Maybe I'll try it with the the English dub. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. That mm. was really really horrible. So that maybe only lasted for a couple of minutes, and I switched back to. Um, German and went for the English subtitle, but I did find compared to some other movie, or other TV shows, the subtitles they're really quick, like they're yes. really moving, yes. really fast. Um, I, you know, how I made that comment to you about it kind of reminds me of Stranger Things. It's mm. it doesn't have the fun of Stranger Things. That's it, right. It seems to be that this first episode's really come in, like you said, dark. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to watch more. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Ich spreche nur ein bisschen Deutsch. So I I used to speak German at school and uh, it's been hard to follow that, but it has brought back some memories. Um, all I can say is if I could go back in time, I would start watching this and do what you did with um, Homeland and just binge. And just, uh, I felt like, we've been mixing it up with you know, with movies and with um uh moon uh moon what do you call it snowpiercer and and different things and i feel like it's one of those ones which you need to stay in the zone keep remembering who the characters are because it just it it's just weaves such a tangled web that even if the show was in english i would still be going oh is that the guy and so just that extra element of that different language this will be a real test. If you come out of this and going, I had no problem following all of this, then obviously it's a it's a brain issue with me. But uh, it's a it's a yeah, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm glad that you've got on board and, and started it off. I think what's hard for me about watching a a TV show with subtitles is I've become a real multi-screen user where I like to sometimes mm-hmm. be flicking through my phone. And, and, you know, you can do that with a movie like American Assassin. Mm-hmm. But when I have to watch subtitles, I really have to sit down and commit. So I'm going to have to really – and I always enjoy it more, actually, when I put my phone down. So it's it's, it's kind of a, a, a silly thing to say, but it, 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 for some reason it makes me feel like, okay, I've got to be serious now. I've got to, I've got to read. I've got to, I've got to really pay attention. Yeah, that's a real thing. I think the one exception I do sometimes if I pop into the kitchen to, to get a drink or something to eat, I'll pop the English dub on just literally for those sort of 60 seconds or something just because I can't be bothered pressing stop or whatever. Um, but no, it's a, it, is a, it is a commitment. Um, so, so good luck. We'll see how we go with that and maybe we'll, we'll finish around the same time and do a bit of review. Yeah, that sounds good. So that's mostly what I've been watching. I have watched one more movie, but I'll, I'll save it for when we – we talk about it on your watches. So what have you been up to, Paul? Well, as I said, I I've, I've haven't been dipping my hand in that lolly jar this week. Uh, I just I, I put it down to basically my train journeys where I watch a lot of new content just being completely dominated by Breaking Bad. 
because I'm in peak Breaking Bad at the moment. I'm at the, I am the danger. I'm the one who knocks. I'm at peak Mike Ehrmantraut. Um, every, everything's just in the show is 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 at its absolute best, and I just cannot stop watching it. So, um, that's that's principally one of my reasons. I've been watching a lot of Breaking Bad, um, and continuing with Dark. So we're now powering through season two of Dark and um, getting getting really really good. And um, I'm really glad that I stuck with it because, um, yeah, as soon as I finish this podcast, I can't wait to to get out there and watch some more Diana. So um, yeah uh movie wise uh this week i watched a movie called hurricane heist i love a i love a heist story um and who doesn't love the odd uh, force of nature type disaster movie so put those two things together dan what do you got a hurricane heist amazing right so long story short this movie as i'm sure you can probably guess is about some thieves who try and you know a heist against the U.S. Treasury, as this massive hurricane, um, hence one of its uh, its you know, its mints facilities, whatever you call them, and it's up to our heroes, uh, the brave rednecks, um, and a diligent security agent to save the day. But who can you trust? Who's in on the heist? Who might be tempted by some money? Who, you know, it's popcorn time, Dan. That's basically what it is. It, I'm all about this movie. This really was so much more fun than I expected. Uh, and a lot better than I expected as well. And I don't know if, if you if you've got it up on your screen, but it's kind of getting like a five point one out of ten on IMDb, and it's only thirty five percent on Metacritic. Um, and I actually feel this kind of harsh because this movie is one of those that kind of does exactly what it says on the tin, you know, hurricane and heist. So um, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's worth a watch, and I think you you would you'd get a lot out of it. It's funny because as an as an advocate of um, beloved genres like The Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. I really struggle with movies like Hurricane Heist. And I don't know why. Like I just I look at it and I'm like, ah, do I do I want this? And, like, and it's, it's something about it that makes me think, like, why like I should just. I feel like I like. Look, it's clear that I look. watch. I I have some some tastes in movies and and genres which are not everyone's cup of tea, and people would equally consider a crap. But I just so struggle to be like. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna commit two hours to this movie, which mm. feels a bit meh to me. But the fact that you're saying it's good, maybe maybe I'm being too harsh on it. Um, and I think sometimes I just. Like I said at the start of this podcast, I think I put too much time into analysing is this going to be a good use of my time yeah. rather than actually just watching. It's uh, look, it's it's not for everyone. And there are some white trash characters in there, which I just I love. I always love that. I mean, I'm, re- I'm wearing a, a trailer park boys t-shirt right now. That's how much I love a bit of the old white trash. There's some pretty good action scenes in there, and we can thank um Rob Cohen the director of the first Fast and the Furious movie, the director of Triple X. So, you know, you've got the the director of two of your all-time favorite movies. Even if you look at the poster, look at that font. That font, Hurricane Heist, looks very similar to the Fast and Furious font. So I'm, I feel like you've got a recipe for some some Saturday Night Fun in this one. Um, but it's, I don't know, yeah, like I said, I don't know what boxes it's not ticking to get such a bad movie. It is a little bit of a B movie, but again, I, that's not a bad thing. I think 
perhaps the cast isn't that well known as well. And so like um, I know um, Ben Cross is in it from Star Trek. Um, Ralph, I can't think of his last name now, but he's the guy from the UK office who played Fenchy. Um, you know, that real twat of a mate that Ricky Gervais, Debbie Brent's character had. Uh, Maggie Grace is probably the biggest star in this movie. Um, and she's, you know, really famous from the, the, the Liam Neeson movie. She played the daughter in Taken. Um, and she's also been in Fear the Walking Dead and, of course, in Lost. Um, there's some great comedy lines in there. I feel like it balances out some of the, the action and the tension with a really good pace. Um, the action starts real early too. Like it doesn't wait long for the hurricane to hit and it's like, let's get into it straight away. I love that. Um, and yeah, look, I guess you have to sort of leave your brain behind a couple of times in this movie. There's a few sort of plot holes. And, uh, uh, I think when you see cars and trucks being strewn down the street, but our heroes are some still somehow actually able to hang on to a to a fence or something, and they're okay. It's like you just got to let that sort of stuff go. But yeah, uh, if you love a good adrenaline rush, I definitely recommend it for what it is. And if you want to, you can find that one on Netflix. Then nice. I think uh, there's always a time and a place for these movies, um, and I think. Maybe the piece for me, I was just thinking while you were talking, is maybe it's the weather component. And I feel like maybe it's maybe something happened to me when I watched the Twister movie or something. But I, I just, whenever I think of weather or natural disaster related movies, maybe it's the, I just think of all the people, like, first of all, there has to be some scientist who says something's going to happen and then no one believes them. And then there has to be the disaster hitting. And then there has to be some people making terrible decisions going back into the storm. And I think I just kind of associate all of the, the painful bits. But maybe if this movie actually just hits the ground running, um, maybe maybe it might work a bit better for me. And considering it's got origins in the Fast and the Furious um, mm, mm. Um, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm being too critical. Uh, to put it into context, I enjoyed it more than Twister or movies like Into the Storm or Day After Tomorrow or any of those that you care to mention. I I, I just found the, the writing quite funny and it didn't take itself too seriously. Um, so, yeah. Good. That's all That's all I've been watching, though. Like I said, it's all been Breaking Bad, Dark, Seinfeld in the evenings, nothing new there. It's all been the, all the usual staples, but um, just, just this one. And then the second movie I watched, which I know you did too, uh, is The Foreigner. So should we talk about yes. that? Yeah, well, so for for listeners at home, and, and yeah, maybe we should put our, our movie off there out. We try to choose a movie that we're both going to watch so that we can actually have a bit more of a, a conversation about it. And so maybe we should start putting these movies that we choose in the in the Discord channel so that if you want to watch it too and kind of listen along as we dissect and talk about the movie. So uh, Paul gave me two choices this week. He gave me Hurricane Heist <laughs> or The Foreigner. Uh, it's static at both choices. Again, try not to read too deep, had a look at the title cards, and I thought, you know what, The Foreigner will be the one that I'll give it a go. I did do a sneaky uh, review check, looked okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think I enjoyed it, to be honest. It was, it was okay. It's definitely not two guns akimbo. Um, 
Not even, not even two guns. And just, just what, to be fair, does the, does, the, does the guns akimbo scale go to five or ten? I, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. It was kind of like, okay, I think the movie surprised me because I think, obviously, starring Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan, it kind of did something different to how I normally see, particularly a character like Jackie Chan. I think it was far more serious than I was maybe anticipating. Mm. I, I was kind of intrigued by the story, but again, whereas where I struggled with the story, Paul, is I felt like the movie wanted me to have empathy for Jackie Chan and what and what happened. And uh, for those who haven't seen it, we'll, we'll be going into the into this waters, mm. like losing his daughter, losing his wife. Like those are those are all traumatic events. But then I feel like his level of payback almost kind of started to outweigh the actions that had happened and it made me stop caring about him as a character and made me think are, are you a bad guy as well and I know that there's other stuff at play in that movie um but yeah just I I didn't walk away going yay go and watch it I didn't mm. walk away saying no, it was terrible it was just it was just okay for me so um that's interesting, and I think you're right to say anyone who's planning on watching it either hit pause now or, or skip ahead like ten minutes because we are going to dive in. And this is one of those crazy choices for me, uh, where I went in based on nothing other than the fact I saw Pierce Brosnan's face on the poster on Netflix, and then I found out that it was Madden Campbell who directed Golden Eye and Casino Royale, and I thought if Madden Campbell is going to be back directing Pierce Brosnan. That's enough for me to be in. And then I watch it, and you know, as you said, Jackie Chan is actually the real star here. And um, so, just to give context for anyone who doesn't want to watch it, um, the the story is that Jackie Chan is a, a restaurant owner. His daughter, who Dan just said, is you know kind of inadvertently, I guess, killed in some politically motivated terrorism in Ireland or Northern Ireland, I should say. And then from that point on, and that's like literally what, like two minutes in. He's basically hell bent on finding who the killers are, which is when you know that what, that's what leads into 007, who's playing a, an Irish government official. Um, and just like you, I think, um, I've, I've, no, actually, at this point, I think I'm expecting like I'm expecting almost like Taken, but with with Jackie Chan in, instead, and um, that sort of revenge fueled sort of action. And I think what I liked about this movie because i did enjoy this movie and i give it a, a good strong guns akimbo rating uh i felt like it was a really different role for jackie chan um I, it's probably a bit unfair of me but i feel like his movies often have like a comedy feel so like you were saying that whole seriousness it's so depressing to see a man have all of his family including two two other daughters also killed um but i found his performance like really like impressive i thought it was a really dark role for him and i you know there was he, he doesn't have that classic jackie chan smile at all um and then of course when he does jump into the action as we inevitably knew that he would you know he's so athletic for 66 years old i really thought you know him throw himself around i had so much respect for that but um but there's there's a lot about this movie and i've got more things i want to talk about i've even made a couple of notes here that's how serious i'll take this podcast down um but quickly as I said, my draw card was Piz Brosnan. And in the end, it was Jackie Chan that I came out thinking the most of 
although Pittsburgh and I did enjoy in this role. I can't say I've ever heard him go with that strong Northern Ireland accent before. Um, I found his character quite compelling with um, some really good one-liners as well. Yeah, I, I think it does have – it's got quite a good cast, and I think, yeah, for me, I'm not a, a, a big Jackie Chan movie fan, but I'm definitely impressed with his – with obviously he's he's an incredible athlete and i think some of his, his stunts are amazing and i think uh, i think the golden eye link that the director obviously great I, I just i don't know what it was it just didn't it didn't connect for me and you know last week when we were talking about the old guard and mm. i kind of had this um you know there's two different things going on in the movie um, this movie had, I guess, a little bit of that for me as well, and it's it's a saying that I've, I've, I've kind of learned a little bit about recently, and it's it's in the movie industry or in, in film school and stuff. They talk about what is the promise of the premise, and it's every movie makes its audience a promise, um, and so what they like to call the promise of the premise, mm-hmm. um, and it's sort of it's building that the the anticipation that convinces your your viewers to basically pay or watch your thing instead of something else. Mm-hmm. And I guess I wasn't I wasn't clear what I was going into. And I think your your reference to Taken is probably a good example because uh, we actually watched the trailer before watching the movie and we thought, oh yeah, this all this has got this has got all the things that'll work. Mm-hmm. I think the piece it, it just I wasn't compelled at any point. I wasn't I wasn't hooked in and I I think I also kind of felt, I felt almost so bad for Jackie Chan's character, mm-hmm. and particularly because he was kind of a like an elderly man, and it was kind of the being beaten down by the system. And I yeah. don't know, yeah. It, it's interesting the points you raise because um, I didn't watch the trailer, and as I said, I didn't even know Jackie Chan was in it till it started playing. I, f- I found it's it's kind of well balanced in terms of the, the first half of that film because it's kind of it's it's very slow and that whole deliberate pace you know it's very quiet and i mean obviously other than the the, the explosion you know the terrorism part um but it kind of it's like it sort of knows that you're expecting the action so it starts off with those those sort of quieter sequences in, in which he begins his quest for justice sort of quite reasonably and quite sort of um you know uh, respectfully um and that's one thing i noticed is that well i thought jackie chan was pretty good at drama because i've only really ever associated him with with action and, and martial arts um and yeah i i love how you, you sort of find out the lengths to which someone will go someone who sort of appears to be a peaceful man in terms of the search for justice but of course this is a trained trained soldier like he's fully you know fully got all the moves um i think you know it's not all positive to me the probably the the negative i can think of with this one is actually that when when he does go all of a sudden into his trademark martial arts action it kind of as cool as that is it's not something that felt natural in terms of the flow of the story it was kind of like that they'd ran out of drama or story ideas and so they sort of thought okay let's resort to some classic jackie chan trademark stunt work um and that's okay because i enjoyed all those all those scenes and i expected it anyway but i thought it just kicked in a little bit suddenly it's kind of like yoda was sort of like hobbling around with a walking stick and then all of a sudden attack of the clones he's flying around like kermit the frog it's kind of it's crazy 
it's it's funny because I think I think you're dead right, and maybe that was it. it I was as soon as you see Jackie Chan's in the movie, it, I almost had certain expectations, and then it wasn't that, and then it was that, and I almost like I feel like this movie equally could have come out in. 2001 1999 and I, I I wouldn't have been surprised it it kind of had not that the the acting was bad or that or the quality was bad it just uh it didn't it didn't seem like a modern premise to me for some reason yeah that's okay it's okay for us to disagree I think it's good too often we agree Dan and I don't like it when you agree with me <laughs> I don't want to eat my peas, all right? That's so, good. and here's why. Good. The other thing I will quickly mention, I made a note here of Martin Campbell, and I just simply wrote his name just to say that once again, I think he just directs action really, really well. Like, um, you know, GoldenEye and Casino Royale are both as good as any other action movie out there. And so this film is an entertaining watch throughout due to his direction as well. I thought that was um, really, really good. I do want to just and this is a little bit off the beaten track, but you know how I said I came to this movie because it was Pierce Brosnan and Martin Campbell, and yeah, I came out of it thinking more and more about Jackie Chan because I just thought, I just feel like I've not really watched much of his stuff other than comedy. So I started having a look at some of his films and seeing what might appeal, and then I started looking at some stuff about his life, and there's some really just a couple of interesting facts I thought I'd drop in there. He has a permanent hole in his head from a stunt accident. He's had multiple injuries all throughout his career, and his name, Jackie, was actually given to him by um, some construction workers in Canberra, Australia, um, because they couldn't pronounce his real name. And so they just decided to call him Jackie. And now the, the world knows and loves him as Jackie Chan. I thought that was um, was just in, actually insane. But um, no, he's so committed to his action scenes. He punches and kicks, actually connect with all his targets. He has the actors wear special padding in their feet and body to prevent any serious injury. And um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not big on martial arts and I've not seen much of Jackie Chan, but I really, I came out of it with just this sort of want to go and explore him a little bit more. So I might, you never know, I could could have a few more Jackie Chan movies in the in the watch list. I think there's, it's definitely a, a star-studded star cast. There's, and completely agree, like full credit to Jackie Chan, amazing stuff that he does. I think for me, Part of, and this is a, this is a Daniel problem, not a movie problem, or the, the foreigner problem. It's I feel like TV shows have basically ruined me because you have to have such a compelling movie that hooks me in. I want to understand all the intricacies of your character, or and the, the multiple characters. I want to understand their relationships, and it's very hard to give that to somebody in a movie, and. As soon as I don't, as soon as I feel myself not getting those bits, it kind of just puts me off a little bit. But at the same time, I feel like I'm probably being a bit of a brat about it because this is a movie that we can now watch on a on a streaming service. You know, obviously you pay for a streaming service, but largely for free. So, mm. and look, the overall the overall reviews of this movie they're pretty positive, to be honest. Um, seventy seventy two percent audience score, sixty five percent on the tomato meter. So it it probably is worth a watch. It looks like more people have enjoyed it than haven't. So maybe I've got a maybe I need more guns on the Kimbo scale. I don't know. 
I think I think everyone has their, you know, I always say to each their own, you know. So I think I think I think it's okay. I think it's okay to say what you said. I don't, I don't think you should. You don't have to eat your peas. You're okay. But I still get dessert, right? We'll talk about that later. Okay. Good. 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 So I I guess we're gonna have to choose our next movie. I don't know um, if we're gonna do that. I guess we'll do that over the next day or so. Maybe we we pop yeah. it in the in the Discord channel, and that way, uh, if you're interested watch as well then you can you can rant and yell into the nothingness while we correct. talk about it and correct i like the, these... i like the idea of coming in with a, a movie we've both watched um i appreciated having two movies put in there so that you could choose 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 which one you wanted to watch so that would be maybe maybe it's your turn this time maybe give me two to choose from just in case one of them is just absolutely insane um but so far we've done well we've had the old guard and we've had um the foreigner so yeah like like what i put tokyo drift and um fast and the furious four you know what <laughs> nice that would be really really clever yeah and then if it's my week it'll be star trek six or try uh, star trek five uh, right so on that nice. note shall i shall i uh, hand over to the news desk and see what demo is on the news desk yeah let's cross over let's see what they've got to say Wait, wait, did you say news desk or the mail news desk? News, news desk. News, news desk. Um, okay, so I guess a few things happening in the in the news, folks. So I feel like we I feel like we need we need to introduce a news jingle. Okay, I want, I want from now on we're gonna have a news jingle, all right? Do you think we could we we should sort of riff it now? Oh, you know? No, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. All right. Let me, let's get back to business. So I guess um, the first bit of news I've got here is um, another friend of the show, Tom Holland. Um, you might also know him as your friendly Spider-Man. So Tom Holland um, has recently begun filming the Uncharted movie. So Uncharted is a, um, a PlayStation exclusive game and the Uncharted movie has been long talked about for many, many years. It's undergone various directors, various rewrites. A lot of movies, particularly that are linked around video games, don't do well, to be honest. Uh, but that movie has finally finally started filming, and we know that because Tom Holland recently uh, shared a, an Instagram post um, of his chair on the on the set of the Uncharted movie. So we don't know too much else yet. We don't know... Um, I think they're obviously going for a, a young Nathan Drake um, who Tom Holland will play. So, yeah, I think watch the space. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that movie. It's a really interesting um, video game story. I think there's lots of good content to work with. But, yeah, stay tuned. Have you ever played the Uncharted series, Paul? No, regrettably, uh, I have not. I've played a lot of Lego games, though. Moving on. All right. Back, back to the news desk. Um, and another bit of news this week is, this is from um, another friend of the show, um, Rick Grimes, not his actual name, Andrew Lincoln. Mm. So this is a, a little bit of, I, I think what we're referring to is, is hype media, I guess, where some news has come out that Rick, uh, I don't know why I'm calling him Rick, Andrew Lincoln has basically said that he... <laughs> you just want to quickly check, you know, you know Rick's not a real person. Yeah, okay, just want to... oh, 
and my mind is drawn. Um, so Andrew Lincoln supposed to come out and and and, and kind of made the the statement that did he leave the Walking Dead at the wrong time? And at the same time, there's Robert Kirkman's also put out some information to say that they're still moving ahead with the the Rick Grimes movies. Um, and Paul and I, we we talked about this a little bit that it's interesting, you know given what's happening with COVID, we still haven't had the final episode mm. of the latest season of Walking Dead. Uh, there's still the talk of these movies. You know, there's opportunity both to continue with the movies or you could even bring Rick Grimes potentially back into the fold if they ever decided that was the right thing to do. I think that could be quite difficult, but great to see Andrew Lincoln talk about that character and that there is something still happening out in that universe. Definitely very interesting. I, I I don't think it's that difficult at all. I think if you're going to make a Rick Grimes movie, if you do make the decision to say, hey, let's just bring him back into the TV show, I don't think that's going to be too difficult, given that surely The Walking Dead must be wrapping up soon-ish because we're into season, what are we now, 11 we're going to? So I just feel like I feel like it's a possibility that they may can the movies and just bring him back for the, the, the final season or something like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> not to mention i think that there's um so we've got fear the walking dead and we've got the uh the new walking dead tv show mm. is it the, the new world order or new world or I, yeah. I forget what it's called but there's, there's a lot happening in that space and you could see them do multiple things i think the movies are interesting but you probably couldn't delay it too long before people will lose interest um potentially because I think, you know, there was a real opportunity to build on the hype that was there. But obviously, as time goes on, mm. um, people become a little bit less passionate unless you release it on a streaming service. But anyway, that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, also, a little bit of news from um, Charlize Theron. So obviously, she's reached out after hearing our great review. Good. Um, last week's episode and is already talking about the idea of what um, the old guard two might look like, so I think that's that's pretty exciting. Obviously, our glowing endorsement has probably sent um, shareholders um, into a bit of a flurry. They wanted to green like that straight away. I'm sure we'll probably end up um, probably a consulting credit, but we'll we'll see what happens. I'll settle for that. What, what else have I got? A couple of things. Uh, Tenant, so Christopher Nolan's latest movie. So Tenant has been one of those movies which has been greatly impacted by COVID. Mm. It's had a few different release dates, and it's now been delayed, I guess, indefinitely. And indefinitely is always an interesting word, isn't it? Because indefinitely can mean never, mm. which we know won't be the case, or it can mean until a suitable time. And I think what's quite interesting about this delay is from what I've seen and what I've read is the general the, the the internet is generally pretty okay and supportive of this because I think there's quite an appreciation for a Christopher Nolan movie really needs to be seen in the theatre and I think people are are willing to wait wait for this mm. which I think is interesting um, and like we've said it before I think this is one of many delays to hit. And I'm sure this won't be the last movie that we see delayed indefinitely. I think another big one to potentially for that to happen to could be Wonder Woman. Correct. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm looking forward to this one. So I'm I'm happy to wait because it's one of those, as you say, that's worth watching 
in the cinema. It's it's uh, it's always you know Christopher Nolan always delivers something really special. I think. And so my final bit of news before I, I hand back over to, to yourself, Paul, is a little bit of news from the, the Russo brothers. So the Russo brothers um, are pretty big players in the in the Marvel universe, um, obviously brought us the, the final Avengers movies. And they've been talking about the idea of, and there's nothing official about this yet, there's no one signed on to do it, but the the next big thing that potentially could be brought to life in the Marvel universe would be the um, the Secret Wars, which at a a real quick level is basically where a whole bunch of um, Marvel superheroes across the Avengers, the X Men, so sort of bringing those together, basically get taken to another world. New alliances have to be formed, big fights and battles have to um, take place, and uh, as the the Russo brothers describe it, it would be even bigger than the last Avengers movies. Mm. So that's pretty exciting. I would love to see those guys involved in it. They've done such a great job. I think Marvel can kind of kind of do no wrong at the moment. Mm. I think the the biggest barrier for them is I think they've been on this almost twenty year journey. Twenty is probably a bit of a stretch, but you know, bringing this whole universe together, they've. They always have their roadmap of what what's next, but again, sort of severely impacted by COVID delays. What's that going to mean for actors' schedules, etc.? So this would obviously be a thing which they'd have to they'd want to build towards. They'd want to world build that out to what that's going to look like. But look, another exciting opportunity. Absolutely, very good. And just quickly to clarify your point before, the Walking Dead new series is called World Beyond. So that's the one we're going to be. Uh, looking forward to seeing in the uh, in the coming months, possibly years. Who knows? I think the the new world order that I was referring to is actually like a a WWE wrestling group or something. So amazing! <laughs> That's really wow. You, you're showing your class there. I'll uh, I'll take the mic for the news desk here. Uh, so earlier in the week, uh, rumors of a low resolution image that was circling the net that appeared to be the third part of the Transformers trilogy was confirmed by Netflix this week. That's my news. That's my news voice. Uh, I got a picture sent to me early in the morning by uh, a friend of the show uh, at White Star Prime Ash of uh, Star Wars Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom, and it was pretty low res, so it was unsure if it was legit or not. But Netflix have in fact uh, confirmed that the third chapter of that uh, War for Cybertron series will be called Kingdom. It says, "Get ready to go ape and get your claws out for Kingdom." So, looks like we could be exploring about some of the Beast Wars, which, if I'm honest, isn't something that's always appealed to me, but be interesting nonetheless to have a look at that. Uh, one for you, Dan, because I know you're a fan of the boys. Uh, the season two trailer is coming out uh, in a couple of months, but they have put a quick scene online uh, for you to view, and our old friend Giancarlo Esposito is uh is turning up in season two so uh spoiler alert on that one that should be uh quite exciting i have watched a few episodes in that first season but we never finished it for some reason uh what else have i got here so uh the star wars um comic series dr afra they're making an audio dramatization so if you're a fan of the uh the character of dr afra i've got all the marvel um, comic series here myself uh she teams up with Darth Vader in this audio original um, performed by a full cast. So that's quite exciting for Star Wars fans. Speaking of Star Wars, uh, Ryan Johnson, 
something's happened to his Twitter account, um, very much like uh, Camino uh, in the Jedi archives in Attack of the Clones. It's it's gone missing. His entire Twitter account, every single tweet he's ever sent, be it new or reply or otherwise, has just completely disappeared, uh, which is a little bit triggering for me because Ryan Johnson has replied to me on two occasions, and I don't know if I actually ever took screenshots of those. So um, that'll be you know annoying if that's the case because he... I once did a, a a photograph which I put on the internet of some Star Wars characters from Last Jedi that me and Evie, my daughter, who was only five, I think at the time, um, rearranged in the kitchen and put it on on Twitter, and and he came back and said, "That's awesome." So that's why I'm obviously such a huge Ryan Johnson fan because he you know, validated my my love of Star Wars toys. But that's all I've got on the newsroom myself. I do have some things in the mailbag, however. What's the deal with the the Twitter account? Is that he's left Twitter, or is it a, a hack situation? Or that's the thing that's funny. That's what makes it. It's not news, is it? Really, let's be honest. But it's made that news because Johnson's come out and said nothing. Um, it's just simply all of his tweets have disappeared. So even the Knives Out account has been tweeting Knives Out to the hunt for Ryan Johnson's Twitter. You know, it's kind of like no one knows what's going on. So maybe it's all a big. I don't know. Maybe there's something linked to knives that too. It wouldn't surprise me, but um, yeah, just maybe. all gone. Uh, maybe they're erasing his movie as well, and we're we're going to get a JJ Abrams uh, Star Wars movie. Then we are need nearly, a moment. We are nearly an hour into this podcast. We haven't got time. We have not got time to dive into that conversation. Let me tell you right now. Um, what I do have time for is to dive into the mailbag. Um, a few things for me to to quickly bring to your attention. Uh, so my pick of the week last week, Earthrise, um, a movie about the group of humans going from Mars to Earth. Um, we had the writer, director, the lead actor, the lead actress, and the production company. All of them got involved across three of our social media channels. Um, and we had a couple of comments in particular from the writer director himself who thanked us for reviewing and said that he's looking forward to listening to our podcast. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, He's recently made another movie actually called Driven, which has that guy from Band of Brothers and Supernatural. Um, so I'm keen on watching that. Um, he seems to be making some decent stuff now. So, you know, we may have, we may have made some friends who are on the move up the ladder, right? Is Driven the movie... Uh, it's something about the DeLorean, is it? No? no not that I'm no, okay. aware of, no. No, I think there was another okay. movie called Driven, actually. That may be the, con- the confusion there. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, yes, that's right. So um, Tresha and Paddy from the Doctor Who podcast, Time Travelling Team. Um, they listened to our podcast and uh, they commented on their Twitter timeline. They were really grateful for our mini review on last week's podcast. And they also responded to your suggestion uh, about them coming on Half Measures. And they're very keen to do that. So that sounds like a bit of fun. Social media manager is busy setting that up for a future podcast. And if you're listening, Tricia and Paddy, we're even thinking of including a mini Doctor Who quiz just to, to test your brain. Uh, that could be a bit of fun there. Paddy actually also commented on our Facebook uh, page um, with regards to our Event Horizon podcast. Uh, he just simply put the the Latin phrase uh, liberate tutume ex feris, which was uh, from the movie, which is that one, save yourself from hell, that classic line from Event Horizon. And then he added that he thought it was one of the base, best ever examples of space horror going. I can't really argue with that. 
so that was great. Uh, talking about the the ripples that we created with the old guard podcast. Um, we had about a half dozen comments uh, via Instagram uh, on our review about the old guard as well. Um, some of which I need to put through Google Translate because they're they're not in English, but they did have the applause emoji and the cool sunglasses emoji. So I'm I'm taking it that the comments are positive. Um, but some people agreed with you; it wasn't the strongest. Um, we had a couple of people agreeing that a sequel would be pretty cool as well. And that's the mailbag. Awesome, awesome. So. We're also going to bring in uh, the segment that we also had last week, peak performance. Mm-hmm. So if you remember last week, we talked about um, Paul's, Paul's pick of act- actors and actresses. So we had uh, Denzel Washington and Jodie Foster. And so this week we're going to do the same thing again. Um, we've got another actor and actress. And I guess just to, just to preempt your eagerness, Paul, I thought maybe what you could have is you could have a – a runner-up and your pick, just to, ah. just to just give you a bit of bandwidth. I've tried to be harder so, this time on myself. I've tried to, to avoid that. So you've, you've opened my bandwidth back up, so we'll see how I go. So this week we're going to go with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as our actor, and we are going to go with Natalie Portman for our actress. So I'm going to hand over to you, Paul, mm-hmm. to choose what one you want to go with first. I'm going to have to get the big gun out of the way, Leonardo DiCaprio, because honestly, your choice this week, and appreciating this is only the second week that we've brought this segment in, but I I believe this could be the hardest one to choose ever. I guess we'll see as time goes on, because I've said it before, Leonardo DiCaprio is the greatest actor of our generation, and I really enjoyed just looking through all of his movies and just having all these great memories coming back to me. I worked out that the first film I saw him in was uh, This Boy's Life, with um, Robert De Niro, He's a, he played a you know a young boy in that. And look, as I said, I'm trying to stop myself from talking about all the other movies that he's appeared in. That I liked, but I don't know how to separate some of, some of the performances. Like Shutter Island, I, I was convinced as I was going through the list. Oh, yeah, it's going to be Shutter Island. That, that seems like a real. It's got to be Shutter. And then I was like, oh, The Revenant. Oh, J. Edgar Hoover. Even though it wasn't my best. Now, even though I didn't actually enjoy that movie that much, I thought his performance as J. Edgar, you know, we're talking about peak performance, doesn't necessarily have to be the best film. Um, I loved him in Blood Diamond, Body of Lies. I was just like, honestly, Dan, catch me if you can. So good. But okay, I'll stop. I said I wouldn't mention many movies. My, my runner-up, since you've given it to me, is going to be Shutter Island. I felt the way he played that manic character was just extraordinary. And that's kind of, kind of why I went with the winner being The Departed. Um, once again, I'm conscious that just like Contact with Jodie Foster is a movie that I absolutely love and I've watched it like four or five times. So I'm just conscious, is it because I enjoy the movie so much that I'm biased? But his performance and his intensity as the undercover cop infiltrating, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson's Irish mobsters in Boston. It's so stressful to watch. It's such a raw performance. And I just, I, it's one of those movies that I can just get so much out of for so many reasons, but probably top billing despite the fact that, you know, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, uh, you know, so many great actors, Leonardo in that one for me was, that was his, that was his number one for me. How about you? Look, I think there's almost no bad choices here. Leonardo DiCaprio has been in so many great movies and and so many of his movies, it feels like he's giving the, the performance of his life. And I think his range as an actor is second to none. And I 
even though having nominated him, struggled to make the choice as well. I'm going to go with, uh, for my runner-up movie, I'm actually going to go a little bit old school, and I'm going to go with the movie What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So I don't know if you remember this movie, Paul, but uh, it also stars Johnny Depp, and it's a it's a movie, I think it's about oh, 93. 93, 93? yeah. And so basically Johnny Depp looks after uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Leonardo DiCaprio kind of plays a – I I apologize if I get this term wrong. It's been this may not be his condition, but I almost feel like it. Like he almost plays like an aut- autistic child, right. and so Johnny Depp's looking after him. He's looking after his mother, and I, for, at such a young age, mm. he just. And, and I watched this movie when I was quite young, but it just convinced me. It compelled me. It stuck with me for all these years, and. I just think stunning, stunning performance and just, just showed us great depth. For my peak performance, I'm going to go for The Wolf of Wall Street. So, and and I really struggle between choosing a movie like this or maybe do I go, do I go Departed? Do I go mm-hmm. Django Unchained? But I went for The Wolf of Wall Street. And I think for me, not only so many great memes out of this movie, Again, I just love seeing the progression of his character and just his sort of rise to like peak insanity, to losing it all, to just it's just incredible. I, I he's always compelling. Um, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street for me, but I equally could have picked any one of those movies. Yeah, he's great. He's great. I think I think you summed it up really well at the start. I forget how you worded it now, but about how it's always the performance of a lifetime. He always throws himself right into it, and you know how some actors just get or actresses get typecast in a, in a particular role. Um, he's one of those ones who each time comes on screen, it just it feels like he's someone completely different each time. He really, which I guess is what an actor should do, right? But it's it's a simple thing to say, but he just does it so well, so well. So, uh, and, and here's the type of person you actually could imagine being kind of typecast into something, mm. but you know, um, he, I think he's he's demonstrated throughout his entire career he can he can play so many different characters and roles and deliver emotion, um, and and really make you feel for him as a character. So, uh, top work, Leo. Top work. Nice, 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 nice. So, uh, peak performance this week for actress. Uh, you gave us Natalie Portman as your choice. Who's kicking off? Um, you can go. Uh, you can go again. Okay. Okay. So this is going to sound awful, especially after what I just said about Leonardo DiCaprio. But I actually found this hard, but in a totally different way because um, even if there are sort of movies out there that I like that Natalie Portman's been in, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's always been specifically because of her performance, which is, you know, a bit insulting maybe. I mean, she's she's okay, right? I just don't know something about the voice. It's always with me, the voice, just like Vin Diesel, something about the voice. I don't know. Look, I, th- I think she's okay, but she's not an actress who always draws me in to watch a movie. She's basically Padme Amidala for me, and I'm fine with that. I, I feel like I'm triggering you here, Dan. I feel like I'm triggering you, but... And look, I know she got the the Oscar for Black Swan, and um, that was an interesting movie. Um, but my runner-up 
um, will be her performance um, in Leon, the professional, uh, which is like really, really old, like 1994 now, and she you know, plays a, a 12-year-old girl who, whose, whose family's killed. I thought she was really, really good in that, um, especially you know at a, at a young age, really, really good. But the one that does stick out for me, where I did think she was the reason why that film was enjoyable and really successful for me, was from 2005, and that was V for Vendetta. Um, and that's where she, she plays the character Evie, uh, and it's it's an okay movie. It's a good movie. Interesting concept. But my main memory of it is that she's really convincing her and Hugo Reaving trying to overthrow this this fascist British government. And she plays her part really well. She really commits to the role. I mean, she even shaved her head and went full skin. And said, you know, that must be must be pretty tough. So um, but yeah, it was uh, that was probably my favorite performance. And I feel I feel awful saying what I've said about her, but it's just she's it's just not someone who, who draws me into a movie and on that beautifully positive note i'll, I'll pass that to you i feel hurt paul <laughs> i feel i feel like you've taken someone that i love and you've just said some really some really cutting things about them but this is this is this is the way this is this, this is how it has way, to be done this is the way of the podcast <laughs> yep this, this is the way and I think what's even more interesting is you, we've actually picked quite similar movies. So my my runner up movie was also Leon, um, and it's that's a movie I've I've loved for a long time. Uh, I actually tried to find it recently, wanting to rewatch it. Um, I, I it's a movie I feel like I've seen quite a few times over my life, and I think um, as a as you mentioned, as a, a young child who's lost her family, just a really interesting premise and plot. And I would imagine it probably it still stacks up today as a as a good movie, hopefully. Uh, and I actually went for I was a little bit torn between I guess V for Vendetta and Black Swan myself, but mm. I went for Black Swan for my peak performance. And again, not necessarily because it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, even though I did enjoy the movie. I just thought any movie where a, a characters have to um, like physically really push themselves into a different space or have have to demonstrate, show kind of mental health. I it's really interesting to me because I think it's it's something that's not easily kind of portrayed. Mm. And I think much like we were talking about with other movies like like Honey Boy, I think you have to dig deep into some of these emotions. And I think um Natalie Portman it's interesting because I really, I really enjoy her. I even enjoyed her in the Thor movies. Um, I, I would be interested in her um, coming back in more Thor movies. But <clears throat> yeah, she's she. It's interesting because I, I think she's been successful, but she's maybe not as as probably in as many things as as I would have maybe hoped. And so when I brought up her movies, the the pickings were slim, but Black Swan. Black Swan for me. Great job. I appreciate you. Plus, plus, you're still a princess. Padme Amidala, right? Indeed. 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 No, very good, Paul. So it's going to be back to you next week for your picks. So I look forward to hearing what they are. Um, and once again, 
much like last week, you've kind of inspired me to actually want to watch some of these older movies. That's good. That's good. Okay. Well, you'll be, you'll be picking us a movie to review and I'll pick some actors and actresses for uh, peak performances. Sounds good. Cool. So that probably what just about brings us to the end of the show, does it? Does indeed. Our thanks once again to Mission Log and the Rodden Bay Podcast Network for their support. And once again, if you would like to sponsor an episode of Half Measures and help us keep those lights on, because you know we're down to candle lights now, that would be great. Please get in touch with us at halfmeasurespodcast.com. It's been great, guys. And as always, Paul, a pleasure to talk with you. And I, I look forward to doing it again next week. Adios.